0: The number one pick in the NHL draft with the minute can't seem to stump. Do something dumb, that's an observation. team make them need to run. That's Come on, Mary Trash, team for sure. Wonder if we best want you peep the score.
1: Up at the crack of dawn, top stories of the morning. While you're yawning, grab your coffee, rise to shot with 98.7. This is drop time, we provide highlights from your favorite teams. Got Dave and Rick
0: making plenty of picks. It's Rule 76.
2: And a very good Monday morning, February the sixth. Who said February is a slow sports month? Four hours of radio goodness on the way. I say good morning to a man who has now officiated another wedding, another notch in his belt, and that is my co-host. And congratulations to one Rick DPHO. Hello, hello, David. How are it's you? Good to
1: be back. Traveling with three uh, three young children is not the uh, not the greatest thing, but we made our way through it. We're back, ready to rock and roll. Let's go.
2: All right, let's go. So we have, we have a lot to do. You know who's going to join us today? Nick Friedel. Oh, very who's, nice. Who's had his finger on the pulse of Kyrie Irving the entire way is going to join us. We don't have an exact time because he's very busy this morning, but I, I would venture to guess 7 o'clock hour. That's a guess. I don't know that now, for listen. sure. But that's a guess. It's
1: fine. He's a big-time guest. He's got big-time things to do today with this car. I mean, he, uh, he's been entrenched with the Brooklyn Nets, so I'm sure he'll be all over the place. He'll cover out a nice little piece of time for us. That's all we need.
2: Oh, a- absolutely he will. So it's funny. I was just saying on the, on the pre-show um, meeting that we finished 9.58 on Friday, whatever time it is. And it's like, all right, have a great weekend. Talk to you soon. No idea that Kyrie Irving is unhappy, will demand a trade. Later on Friday, it turns out that that becomes public. Woj, I think in the afternoon, uh, Woj tweets that Kyrie has now demanded a trade. By the time you sit down to watch the Knicks game last night, Kyrie Irving has been dealt to the Dallas Mavericks from beginning to end in, in less than 48 hours with Kyrie Irving.
1: Yeah, it was time. It was time. I mean, we all, we all figured he'd be on his best behavior. This season, knowing he was trying to get himself a—I mean, this is a, a one-year deal he's on, trying to get a max extension. They said no, no dice. Um, you know, there were going to be stipulations in the new deal if they decided to do a new deal. And he said, "All right, then trade me, and let's do it before the deadline." So whatever team picks me up can have my bird rights.
2: He's unbelievable. <laughs> that guy, the guy is unbelievable. Why are you shocked? Um, I don't I'm know how not. anyone is shocked. Oh, 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 I'm not. I'm not shocked. But, but I, I can – I mean, he's f- as frustrating a player as I've ever seen because he loves drama. He, he loves it. He feeds off of it. He needs it. He's had it five different times. What were they, like 18-2 and two over a 20-game tw- stretch? You're like, boy, you know what? They look legit. And then we took a step back. It's like, wait, at what point does it fall apart because they love drama or he loves drama? And that's where we are. And it ends very quickly. And this tenure – this run from Kyrie and Kevin Durant goes down as one of the epic failures in, I, I would almost say, sports history.
1: Yeah, this is the best you would seen him play, too, right? And maybe this was part of the plan the entire time, was that he would show up once he got past the whole, the suspension early on and the tweet and, and everything else he was dealing with, he came back and he played really good basketball, and maybe that was part of the plan the entire time, was take this thing up to the deadline, try to get a deal worked out. If they weren't going to do it, then time to move on. How could they give him a long-term deal, though? They how, could, how, how could you possibly do that? No, they couldn't, they couldn't just give him a, a fully guaranteed max deal. No way. There's no chance they could have done it. And my, uh, my favorite part of this entire story is that Joe Tsai made it clear to Sean Marks that he would trade him anywhere but the Lakers.
2: That's right. Loved it. He wants to go to the Lakers, trade him anywhere but the Lakers. You know what? Joe Tsai was culpable in this, too. I mean, Of they, course he was. Every single step of the way, they, they caved to this guy, and they made him have tons of power and tons of control, and in the end, it bit them right in the butt is what happened. Well, he,
1: listen, he had tons of power because the whole, the whole point of bringing on Kyrie was to get Kevin Durant, and because everyone thought that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were tied at the hip, then they were willing to do what was necessary to make them happy. And it started early with you know, them coming in and deciding that they didn't want Kenny Atkinson as the coach. They wanted to bring in Steve Nash and that you know, Steve would coach one game and then KD would coach another and Kyrie would coach. This really doesn't need to be a head coach. Kyrie's off running his own his own practices after Steve Nash was done. I mean, the, the reality of what happened here is with four seasons with the Nets, he played 143 games and missed 175.
2: And I wonder how many of those were for legitimate reasons, like how many of those were actual injury and how many of those were either you're suspended or he went missing or he left the team or well, any of those things.
1: Well, yeah. Well, the first season he had the shoulder surgery. Well, that and, but that's and, that's legit. Yeah, that's legit. And then he was, I mean, as vice president of the Players Association was urging players not to go to the bubble because that makes perfect sense. And then you had the you had the vaccination stuff and then you had the un- unrest at the Capitol. So we had to miss time for that. And then you had this season with the uh, anti-Semitism stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's been one thing after another. And I think when push comes to shove, I, I think they've probably grown apart. I can't imagine they're still tied at the hip. They're still probably buddies. But with all the drama that that's followed, Kyrie Irving and how this affects KD's, like, the blame will be on Ky- Kyrie but I mean, the the reality is is that if Kevin Durant doesn't win another championship, it reflects poorly on his on of his. Of course, legacy.
2: it does. Well, look look who he, he he as you say it's a good phrase was tied at the hip with. You talk about making a bad decision, awful decision. I mean, you go your entire NBA career is tied at the hip to Kyrie Irving. I mean, how how stupid is that in retrospect?
1: a uh, bad decision, especially when you came from a perfect situation. I weren't getting the credit that you deserved, but still, I mean, you're playing with. You got Steve Kerr as your coach. It's a it's one of the best run organizations in all of all of professional sports, willing to spend whatever it takes. Look at their all luxury tax bill they're paying now. And then you have, you know, Steph, the most unselfish superstar, and Draymond, and you got Clay. They know how to draft, they know how to develop. I would have said, listen, screw it. I'm happy. I can just I can just hoop, because that's all he wants to do is just hoop. I don't have to deal with all the other stuff. Steph's, you know, Steph's the face of the franchise. I can go just play, and let's see how many championships we can
2: win. Yeah, and they would have won a lot. But you know what? The, the connotation around it always would have been when he retired. Yeah, 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 he won. He won five championships or whatever it was. But he, he never won on his own. He never won as the guy. He never won on a team that wasn't ready-made. That's That's what it would have been. And I guess... That that's not what he wanted. That he wanted to go out and be the big fish on a different team. And he thought he could do that with Kyrie his, as his 1B. And, you know, it blew up in his face. It really did. I, I would love to, to have, like, and it won't happen, uh, an honest sit down with Kevin Durant right now saying, How do you feel about uh, Kyrie Irving right now?
1: He can't be happy. Uh, he that's can't be livid. No, I mean, he can't be. Because, again, I mean, Kevin Durant's the mindset I just want to go out and play basketball. Doesn't matter. Like, there were stories about him you know, traveling around with the basketball because that's all he wants to do is play basketball without all this drama. If he didn't have to speak to the media or any of that other stuff, he would do it. Like, he just wants to play, and Kyrie's the polar opposite of that where, I mean, he's always involved in something. I mean, he, may, he might be one of the most selfish athletes I've ever...
2: I can't think of anybody really more selfish than I've honest. ever seen. I mean, they got, he got a coach fired, right? He le- He left the team. He didn't tell them where he was going. Then he, he 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 won't get the vaccine, which again is is different, not as bad as other things that he's done, but but still, when everyone else you know does it and plays and whatever, he refuses to do it. Then he comes out with the the whole anti Semitic tropes and all that kind of stuff. I mean, just really, it's thing after thing after thing with him. I think there are people that love the drama. You know, everyone has those people in their life. It's like oh my god, they love it, they eat it up, they can't get enough. I think Kyrie Irving is that person. He loves the drama, loves it.
1: I think Kyrie loves Kyrie. I think Kyrie Irving is out for Kyrie Irving.
2: More than more than anything else, Kyrie Irving is the most important thing to Kyrie Irving. Right. I knew for the love
1: and he felt like in in this moment that before they got past this deadline, if Brooklyn wasn't going to give me the deal that I wanted, then get me out of here. This wasn't about winning a championship or sticking with his buddy and trying to win a championship and salvaging whatever this mess was because it's one of the biggest, I mean, you mentioned it earlier. It was an epic failure. Epic. Honestly, I mean, I can't, they, they think, won I can't one- think
2: of anything that's that's a bigger failure, really, in sports off the top of my head as far as putting a team together and the way the way it blew up. I mean, this thing blew up. This never, they won one playoff series, one,
1: one playoff series got swept by the Celtics. And now Kyrie's last game as a net was the 43 point loss. Right. To the Celtics.
2: Good. Good luck, Dallas. I mean, listen. I know they need another star player to play with Luca, and there might be a time where you look at you like, boy, boy, he's very good, and this is going to work out. I promise you, it will not work out. I promise you, it will not work out down in Dallas.
1: Well, the question is, what happens now? Because I, I would imagine that once he starts playing with them, his his agent, who's his, I think it's a, ste- is it the stepmom, is his agent that. They're gonna have to start I mean, they're gonna have to start talking contract stuff. You would think so. Because he can sign a two year extension now or he can wait and try to sign the four year max. But like the thought that he was gonna sit out too, that was the other thing that came out. And you saw Jacques Fawn, he's like, listen, I have a job. I show up, I signed a contract, I this is what I'm supposed to do, just like all these players that sign contracts are supposed to. You could see the frustration that, that Kyrie wasn't playing. And they had some phakocta excuse, but he wasn't playing because he didn't get a dick. He was he wanted to be traded. But like, what ha- what what if they went with you know? Because everyone suggested go with the nuclear option. Don't give him his way. Keep him. He gives you the best chance to win a
2: championship. So should so just ride through the season and then and then break ties with him. Be done.
1: Yeah, that, a lot of people said like, do they have a chance to win a championship now? This team now does it have a chance to win a championship?
2: A chance, I I I, I guess a chance. I mean, I don't think they would have, but I guess a chance. A better a better chance yesterday than or, or or Saturday than they do today. Yes.
1: Right, they had a better chance with Kyrie yep. than they have now. Correct. So what a lot of people said was, No, you don't trade him. You made him ride the, you make him ride this thing out so you can try to win a champion, give yourself the best chance to win a championship, and then he can decide what he wants to do. But all of a sudden then the story comes out that he'll sit out the rest of the season. Like he won't even play. So Sean Marks is like, no, we're not doing that. Let's try to get as, as much as we can for him now. Try to, you know. Build, continue to build around KD because let's not forget KD's got three years left and he's he's just fresh off of a trade request,
2: right? So yeah. yes, you got to try exactly. to keep him
1: happy too, because he's the, I mean he's the guy.
2: It's amazing, it, it it is amazing. He and he is the guy. I I can't even believe I, no no one would have guessed this when these two guys signed. I remember the report and I don't know whether it was you know we're kind of doing a little CYA or if it was legitimately true that the Knicks said we we don't want Kyrie Irving. Maybe. Well, I think part
1: of it was it was they didn't want Kyrie Irving. Like They didn't want to run the risk of just having Kyrie Irving. It, it, like if things, for some reason, whatever happened, you sign Kyrie and then KD doesn't follow him. And on top of that, having to pay all that money for that first season where KD didn't play. And then I think part of it, too, was protecting themselves because they weren't going to choose the Knicks.
2: Right, exactly. I think that was a big part of it, but God, boy. what a, Do you remember a team that was put together that thought they had a real chance to be great that ended this poorly. I mean, well, let's one, not forget just, too. They had
1: James Harden though too in that oh, mess,
2: I, I, and traded him for no, what turns out to be nothing.
1: And it sounds like Kyrie was part of the reason why he wanted out. Most of the reason why he wanted out.
2: Yes. So Ky- Kyrie Irving came here with the Nets. They won one playoff series, and it, it feels like he almost single handedly burned down the franchise.
1: Well, when you start talking about the amount of you know picks they leveraged and everything else, yeah. Right.
2: I mean, you know, it was a big failure, and I don't think to this. And now magnitude. they're stuck with Ben Simmons. Yeah, enjoy that, and 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 the the issues that he has following him around. How about remember when the Eagles had the dream team? Yeah, I remember that when, when they signed Awesome Juan, they're like, oh, we we we're never going to lose, and they I don't think they made the playoffs. Like that was an epic failure. But this was not. This was how many titles do you think they win? Kind of a conversation.
1: Yeah, right. Well, because I mean, a lot of these times you start building super teams. You see, like, in, you saw this one, like, um Karl Malone and Gary Pay. Like, when you try to put, like, these big names together, it's usually towards the back end of those players' careers. Like, they start trying to chase championships. This was, yeah, I mean, you had Kyrie and KD in their prime. You had James Harden in his prime. And it just, what a flop.
2: Ugh. It really was. It really, it really I mean, e- epic. Th- this is an epic flop, an epic disaster. There's nothing positive to say about it, and it's now done. This portion of the show driven by the All-American Ford Auto Group, the number one volume Ford Group in the Northeast. Huge, enormous locations in Paramus, Hackensack, Old Bridge, and Point Pleasant. Shop allamericanford.net. That's allamericanford.net. But that's not it for us today. There's a lot more. Brian Cashman, I don't know if you heard this, he had something to say, which I, I was appalled by, and I'm not even a fan <laughs> of the Yankees. The Knicks with... You could argue best win of the season. I, as I was going to say, you could argue their best win of the season. Aaron Rodgers looks like there is going to be some stiff competition for him now with the Jets. I mean, there is. You talk about a busy, bouncy, fruitful Monday. I mean, today's a great day for us here on ninety eight seven, isn't it?
1: It's a great day. I got a good. I got. A, I got a couple funny stories from the wedding too. I'll tell you.
2: Was were my comments discussed at all? I hope not.
1: A lot. Quite a bit. <laughs> Quite a bit.
2: Really. Oh yeah. So there's some some hatred out there.
1: No, I think they because they know you because like Cassie's dad listens every day, right? But he thought he's like, wow, Dave really went in. I was like, yeah, Dave has an opinion. He's like, well, I think next time I see Dave, we'll have to we'll have to speak.
2: Oh, uh oh. So so your father in law is not going to go after me.
1: Ah, uh, he's not. He wasn't overly thrilled.
2: Oh well, he knows I care for him, right? <laughs> he better. <laughs> okay, one eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. I stand by it though. A wedding one o'clock on a Friday.
0: Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Thanks for listening to the Row and Rothenberg Podcast. I think they're listening to me. They're everywhere, Dave. I know you're here. Catch the show on demand wherever and whenever you want. woo over here. Just subscribe to us, rate us, and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Nick Fridell, who is a very nice man, by the way. You ever meet Nick? I've never
1: met him. I just I uh, watched his work from afar. I think, he does, I think he does a really good job.
2: He's excellent. I, I wonder, his because like, he's able to, and he does a really good job with this, able to separate probably his like personal feeling from his job. I, I really look forward to speaking with him and seeing if, if he envisioned this on the horizon with Kyrie. I'm sure he did. You think he knew that at some point it was going to combust to the point that they had to trade him?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, he's so close to the situation. He, I'm sure, he talks to. I mean, he talks to them uh, every day. Like, do
2: you think he'll miss I, Kyrie?
1: I, here's the thing, though. Like, I this had to be. The more I thought about it yesterday, the, the more I it came to the same conclusion that this had to be the plan the entire time. Was that I got to play nice? And then as we get closer to the deadline, I'm going to try to work out my extension. If they don't give me what I want, then I'm going to try to find someone who will. It, with a threat of just not playing for the rest of the season.
2: Right. And that, that's what, what was the threat that he made, is I'm i am now done. Right. And, of course, he had the, what was it, a calf injury or whatever on, uh, on Friday night? Yeah, it was
1: uh, whatever kind of excuse, yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. What are you doing? Uh, I don't know, Raymond, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Do we have Mexico? We do not. Uh, uh, let, let's remedy that right away. Danny in Cancun. Good morning, Danny. Good morning, Rick and Dave. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great. I, I imagine you're vacationing in Cancun. Is that accurate? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I just arrived yesterday, and as I landed, I saw Kyrie got traded.
1: Um, right. But shout out to the company, first of all. I got to you know, say that first. But...
3: As a Nets fan, guys, I'm ecstatic. I mean, he's been nothing of a headache. I mean, he's a t- you know, great talent, but it's been too
1: many years of just straight drama. You know, hopefully now we can just play basketball and see where it takes us, wherever it takes us, but at least there's no more
0: drama with the, t- you know, with the Nets as far as that aspect.
2: You know what I don't understand? And thanks for the call, Danny. I, 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 and you can cross Mexico off the list now, Raymond. I don't understand how you could be a Nets fan and be ecstatic. Like you put this plan in place and it failed in a in a major major way. How how can you wake up today and just be like I'm I'm ecstatic at the way this has happened?
1: I think because he's been such a problem that you're just happy that he's gone. But I and it's also just you you're trying to make the best out of an awful situation. It was an epic failure. Epic. And I mean the amount of, of the amount of draft picks and everything else else that you mortgaged to try to make this work hasn't, and now you're sitting here today with two good players. I mean, Dinwiddie's a good piece, Finney Smith is a good piece. Uh, you still have, I mean, you still have a good team, and we'll see what it looks like now that this team can focus on just playing basketball. But I, I don't think you're closer to winning a championship. You still got Ben Simmons. Well, I don't. I mean, I question whether or not he really wants to play.
2: Well, he f-
3: always
1: seems this to find be, a way to not play. I, I think the biggest thing you need to, and I'm going to ask Nick this, is is the plan or whatever moves they make before the Thursday deadline going to be enough to make Kevin Durant want to stay? Because that, I mean, he's he's the reason you did all this is for Ke- was to get to Kevin Durant, get, get Kevin Durant in the first place, and now the moves you're making to try to keep Kevin Durant happy.
2: That is correct. And and now and now you have to do any anything in your power to placate Kevin Durant.
1: Now, if they lose Kevin Durant, that's nah, so. Oh
2: my God. And they 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 very well could. You, I mean, again, we haven't heard from him yet. At some point, he's going to say something.
1: I have to imagine he was involved, or, or they let him know at least that this was this was going to happen.
2: Um. Yeah, they they had must to have have. run it by. They must have run it by him and said, "This is this is what's going to have to happen now." And he and and I have to figure he probably signed off on it and said, "All right, go ahead." Get rid of him. I think KD likes the coach, and
1: I think KD is happy with just focusing on on basketball. But I think at 34 years old, and now with, I mean, what seems to be every year dealing with some kind of injury that he misses time because of, like clock is ticking on him. Like he can't afford to keep wasting years. So you know. if you know, if we get past Thursday, and we'll see how the rest of the season ends up but this team is nowhere close to being as good as Boston or as close to, good, you know, as good as Milwaukee, then, I mean, how does Kevin Durant decide to stay?
2: How? I I, I don't know. I I don't know how this is going to play out. I can't imagine it's going to end well for the Nets. Tristan Thompson kind of agrees with you and says KD will be the next one to ask out of Brooklyn.
3: This is not just a Kyrie decision. I can guarantee you right now. Kyrie definitely spoke to, you know, easy money sniper Kevin Durant and definitely had this discussion and Kevin Durant I could almost guarantee probably gave his blessing on him because you know what Kevin Durant is probably next asking out
1: how could if you're Kevin Durant how could you even pick up the phone if Kyrie called you
2: you got to be so maybe that's just that maybe it's just maybe it's just no me. that's not just you you have you have to be repulsed by Kyrie Irving
1: you have to be give him the blessing I wouldn't even pick up the phone
2: look what he's done but you know what? Kevin Durant's going to be a good soldier and I I would be willing to bet you good money that he doesn't say anything negative about him. Dave, four seasons. They've played 74 games together and they have one playoff series win. One. That's it. I want to hear this one. Patrick in Harlem understands why Kyrie wanted out. Patrick, you're on 987 ESPN. Yeah, hey guys, first-time caller, love the show. Um I I just I heard that the guaranteed money that the Nets offered were only if he wins a championship. And I was going to ask you, like, is that common for a management to to do that? I feel like he took that as a slap in the face. Like, you know, if I got to win a championship just to get my guaranteed money, then I'm out of here. Is it common? So I was just curious no. What you think. no, I don't
1: think it's it's not common, but it's also the Nets trying to protect
2: themselves. Of course. I mean, you, and you have to understand that. Look at what the guy has put them through. You'd think if he came here, played at every game, was a, was a good teammate, that they wouldn't have given him a four-year max deal? No, of course they would have. Of course they would have.
1: They would want him tied. They would have wanted him tied up as long as KD was here. And KD's got three more years left,
2: so they feel like he forced the hand. They needed some kind of recourse in case things blew up, and that's what they offered. I don't. I think it's a smart thing for them.
1: Of course, it was the only. Thing CYA. for Cya. It, it was the only thing
3: for them.
2: Uh, let's go to Don and Patterson. Hi, Don. You're next up on ninety ESPN.
3: Hey, good morning, fellas. Yeah, I don't think um, I don't think he makes it to the uh, end of the season. I think Mark Cuban, he's not going to deal with his. Well, he has nonsense. to. Yeah, he's like a like a like a psycho girlfriend that you, She's really hot and blah blah blah. But too much baggage, man. The guy's like out of his mind. Who knows? Yeah, but she's got this. But uh, she's, this- she's got
1: this special thing that she does that you just can't get enough of.
2: Yeah, but you. It, <laughs> he's he's got to be. He's got to be well controlled the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, he can't go. He can't afford
2: anywhere. to 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 not be a good teammate and, and blow the amount of opportunities he's got on the horizon financially.
1: Yeah, that's why they that's why they gave up what they gave up. Is they're trying to they don't want to start wasting years of of Luka Doncic and they need to pair him up with a superstar. And this was this was a chance because I mean again when you look at what you know Rudy Gobert went for, or some of these big time guys go for, and then I mean, come Ky- Kyrie Irving is such a better player than Rudy Gobert. It's you weren't giving up a ton to get a guy when, when he's right is one of the best players in the NBA who should be on his best behavior and see how he fits with with Luka. And Kyrie's trying to get paid, man. I wouldn't pay him, but no. he's hoping someone so, someone's
2: go, so, uh, so He's going to be good the rest of the year, and someone's going to pay him. All right, a man who has had his finger on the pulse of Kyrie Irving in this story, in this situation, um, is Nick Friedle, and he joins us here on 9870SPN. Good morning, Nick. You're a busy man, I imagine. <laughs> Guys,
3: this is the craziest story that I've come across in my 15-year career covering the NBA. So it was it was uh, not unexpected that it came down. I was just a little surprised that it came down so quickly after we heard about the request on Friday, but man, oh man, what an insane year it has been.
2: All right, so, so let me start out with this. You said it wasn't unexpected. You you had a feeling that he was going to request a trade as we got closer to this deadline this season? Like, you, well, you thought there was a real chance that he was going to be out this season?
3: That that part, the timing of it all, was the only part that was a, a little surprising. Even his teammates who love him, Nick Claxton, Cam Thomas, are, are two that come to mind Saturday, guys. That, that locker room just felt different. Because they're sitting there saying, we love Kyrie, we support Kyrie, but we want to stand with our team. So, the, the reason I say that the whole thing wasn't that surprising is because over time, when you cover Kyrie, and when you cover Kyrie as a part of this team, you learn that, that nothing is is that surprising anymore. And I think with this particular request, with what happened over the last few days, that there were two factors in play. First... After he made it public or became public, I think within the organization there were plenty of people that were just like, okay. You know, there was almost like a sense of relief, like uh, let's make it happen this time because we're just so tired of all this because they had actually been playing well and he had been playing really well and everybody thought you get Kevin Durant back, you see what happens in the second half of the season and let's go from there in the playoffs. But the second part is... And the reason it all came together as fast as it did is now you've got a few days if you're Sean Marks in the the Nets front office to see what you can do to potentially entice KD to stay long-term without Kyrie. And that, to me, is the biggest part of all of this, of course, because it's Kevin Durant. And we just don't know exactly what he feels and what's going to happen moving forward. But you have allowed yourself, if you're Brooklyn, to have this window now to see what else is out there and to say to Durant, hey, we will do everything we can to build around you. We will make these moves after this one and then see uh, how uh, the chips fall from that point on.
1: Nick, let me ask you, where was the disconnect? So I I of the opinion for a couple of things that you just said. Kyrie playing great ba- great basketball, KD comes back. Yeah, they have a, le- a, a legitimate chance to maybe compete for a championship as good as as good as, you know, they've had in, in a while here, but I always felt like now that this just came out the way it did was that Kyrie would come in this season, be on his best behavior, and then behind the scenes try to work out his his max extension. So where was the disconnect between what he was asking for and what the Nets were going to be willing to offer?
3: In the end, the disconnect was all about the guaranteed money. And guys, I, I would point you back to a story from about two weeks ago that uh, our former colleague Chris Haynes did in which he talked to Kyrie's stepmom, who also doubles as his his agent, and she said in as many words, if Brooklyn doesn't want to play ball, let's find out right now. And when that story came out, there were people in the Nets organization that were like, what the hell is this? What, What is going on? Why is this happening right now? Everybody has calmed down with Kevin Durant off the floor. Kyrie has really stepped up not only his game, but the leadership role he had in the locker room. And when that story appeared, you went, well, what does this mean? And on Friday, we figured out exactly what that meant because they weren't getting the contract and the guaranteed money that came with it that they wanted from the Nets, and that's when everything started to break down. So in my mind, this was really a relationship that was death by a thousand cuts in that there were so many different layers to it through so many different years. But in the short term— that is where the biggest disconnect came from because Kyrie thought, I'm playing really well, everything's going along pretty smoothly, I want to get the money that I feel is due to me. It didn't happen, and as soon as he figured out that wasn't going to happen, that's how we landed in the place of which we did.
2: Nick Fridell joins us here, 98.7 ESPN. He has been on top of this Kyrie Irving story for the entire time and, and covering the Nets really, really well. And we appreciate you uh, joining us for a couple minutes here. You know, I, I find it interesting because you said teammates love this guy, like Cam Thomas and Nick Claxton just love this guy. Is that the prevailing thought? Because I, I can't wrap my head around the fact that he's so well-liked and, and received with all of the antics he's, he's been involved with over the years. His teammates and the organization, for the most part, really like this guy,
3: or is it just a a few select people? Well, last year, I'd I'd go back to James Harden, (laughs) because everybody appreciates the talent. Everybody knows that Kyrie is one of the most uh, gifted offensive players we have ever seen in the game. And guys, I can't stress this part enough. It's not just inside the the Nets locker room. It's all across the league. When you talk to players, there's a respect for LeBron, of course, and people respect the hell out of KD. But it's Kyrie and Steph, usually for the generation coming behind, who are elevated to a different level. But I go back to James Harden because Harden had the respect for the player that Kyrie is. But around a year ago this time, Harden was the one after a game in Chicago where he said – I'm going to give Kyrie that shot myself, talking about the vaccination shot. As we know, it didn't happen. Kevin Durant got hurt. Harden went, I don't want to play with this guy anymore. You can't count on him. And that was the beginning of the end there. So it wasn't every single teammate. But I tell you, having been around day-to-day, this group, those guys loved the hell out of him. They respected him because they knew just how talented He was for them and he he will continue to be so uh, I think guys were frustrated we didn't hear about uh, as much of that on Saturday but there are a lot of guys still in that room now who are thinking this guy is one of the greatest players I've ever seen and as Claxton put it he's got to decide what he wants to do uh, for himself and he's got to make that call but in the same breath there are plenty of people in the organization who think this guy is selfish and he's only going to do what he wants to do when he wants to do it, and now they got him out of town and they've got to figure out what's going to happen next with Durant.
1: Nick Fidel joins us here on the show. Nick, was this something that ownership and Sean Marks ran by Kevin Durant before they pulled the trigger on?
3: Well, that <laughs> we're going to hear from Sean Marks and he'll say, well, Kevin doesn't make every decision in the organization. What I tell you in in anecdotal evidence is, They know exactly what KD represents to this team. And in the NBA, in this era, there is not a big move that happens that doesn't have some kind of sign-off or at least isn't checked off uh, by the star himself. So uh, I don't care what happens and what kind of spin appears. Kevin Durant is at the focal point of everything that the Nets do. And there's no way he wasn't... Uh, made aware of what was going on and how that may impact his future.
2: Nick, does, uh, this is amazing to me. Does Kyrie have an awareness of how almost impossible he is? and how he has burned bridges in Boston and with LeBron and in Cleveland and now with the Nets, or is he completely unaware? Because he doesn't seem like he's a dumb guy. He seems like he's a bright guy. So I'm just I'm wondering how aware he is of the public perception around him.
3: I would tell you in my year <laughs> covering Kyrie uh, that he's aware of how people feel about him, And certainly the detractors that he's gained from all three of those stops. But I'd also tell you, and I've heard him say it many times, Kyrie considers himself an artist. And I know people hear that and they roll their eyes and they think, what? He's an artist. But truly, on the basketball floor, Kyrie believes he is putting together art every night. And in that context, I really don't think he cares I think Kyrie feels he's going to do what he has to do in order to be successful that night. And and this is where I have to really laugh because all Kyrie did in the weeks leading up to this guy, especially after KD got hurt, was say, this is about the team, we're going to come together, I like the way we're coming together as a group, this is my family, we're going to win a, a championship and, and try as hard as we can to accomplish that goal. And then a few days ago, hey, I'm out of here. So... The, the rules can always uh, be adjusted, I'd say, and for what he, he might feel or should feel as far as self-awareness goes, I think Kyrie operates in a world of one as far as basketball is concerned, and he has repeatedly in his previous stops, and he will continue to do so no matter what happens in his career.
1: Nick, what is this team now? Listen, damn. I mean, Dinwiddie's been here before. We know what he's capable of doing. He's having a pretty good season, or having a pretty good season in Dallas. Finney Smith, good player. Uh, looks like they'll, I, I want to ask you about the moves that you think
3: they could potentially make too, but what is this team now with Kyrie? This is a good team. This is not a great team. This is not a team that can win a championship. And that, to me, guys, is the biggest issue that Sean Marks and Joe Sy and the ownership group has as far as conversations with Durant go, because in my opinion, there's not another uh, there's not another player who could come in given the assets and contracts you have on the books, specifically Ben Simmons, which we can spend another hour on uh, and I don't feel like is getting enough uh, of, of an interest from fans because they don't understand just how difficult that contract is going to be to move because he's played so poorly. But that is the problem for the Nets. They can be a really good team if Kevin Durant comes back, he plays the rest of the way. Because those two guys you mentioned, they fit with KD. It's going to work. Kevin Durant makes a whole hell of a lot of guys better, but specifically the guys that they just picked up from Dallas. And uh, the assets that they'll have, that unprotected first-round pick, could be really something down the line. But that's six years away. So this team was built to win a championship this team is not going to accomplish it, its goal, the way it's currently constructed.
2: So, Nick, is it fair to say, and I'll, I'll leave the, the next one to Rick to ask about what, what's next, but is it fair to say that this Kyrie, Kevin Durant was just, uh, I, I think you'd have to right, an absolute epic failure of monumental proportions?
3: This is the greatest team in this era that might have been. And in the end, there's no question, it's a failure. It was built to win several championships. And if, guys, in hindsight, if Kevin and Kyrie and and then Harden, if they don't all deal with the injuries they dealt with at various points, maybe they do win a title. Maybe that first year when everything came together, maybe, maybe it does happen, but it didn't. And then Kyrie didn't take the vaccination shot, and we know how that impacted the group. And Harden wanted out, and then here comes Simmons, who – just is not close to the same player he was in Philadelphia. So we could go through all the reasons, but in the end, when you are, are writing the obituary of this era for the Nets, absolutely this is a failure given where it was supposed to be.
1: Nick, Ben Simmons. So you mentioned how hard it would be to move that deal, and he hasn't played nearly to the level that people were hoping. My question for you is this. I haven't been a, an athlete myself you get the sense that Ben Simmons actually wants to play basketball?
3: That is the question that hung around him before he got to Brooklyn. It is the question that continues to as he uh, tries to do what what he's going to do for the Nets. And, and my answer would be no. I, I don't feel like this is a guy who is going to put in all the work that you need to not only improve and get better, but... Be part of the fabric of the group night after night after night. Uh, there, are, there are times and moments in these games where you almost feel bad for him, guys, because on a human level, he, he just doesn't look at the rim. He, he doesn't look to make that extra pass to, to get over to where he needs to be under the basket. He does not want to go to the free throw line In my experience covering the league, I've really never seen a situation like that either, where you have a guy a few years ago who was so talented, who looked to be a future, not only all-star as he's been, but a future Hall of Famer. And and his game just isn't close to where it used to be. And uh, having watched him and talked to enough people about that Philly run— This just does not feel like a guy who loves the game. It feels like a guy who loves being in the NBA and the money and the fame and all that, and I know he's put a lot of work into his game over time, but in order to be great for a sustained amount of time, you've got to do it day after day after day, and the work that he's put in in recent years hasn't matched up to that performance on the floor.
2: Nick, last one from me, and Rick may have another, and then we'll let you run when you have to go. Is is there any real chance that by the deadline on Thursday the Nets acquire another, I'm not going to say Kyrie Irving-level star, but another player who's considered a big-time player?
3: Guys, I went through the names late last night again. I don't see it. I think they're going to try like hell to make another move, another couple moves, but... It's the Simmons deal. That thing is an albatross. I I just don't see even if you attach all these picks and you know Joe Harris's contract and Seth Curry and on and on and on. I don't see that next guy out there who takes the Nets from the point they're at right now to a different level. Kevin Durant in my mind was the MVP prior to his injury. If he stays, he can potentially carry them through a series, at least in the playoffs, but in order to get all the way through the East, especially with Boston and Mil- Milwaukee, you have to have depth, and you have to be able to lean on somebody else in that series, especially offensively. I don't see that player out there for the Nets, but uh, maybe Sean Marks is a wizard, and, and he's got something else cooked up. I just think that Ben Simmons deal as part of any other deal that comes through, is going to be very difficult to navigate.
1: So last one, Nick, before we let you go. Gut feeling right now. If nothing, if no big move happens before Thursday and then the Ben Simmons deal is an albatross and everything else, are we back to where we were with KD this summer where he's asking asking out?
3: Absolutely. If you're Kevin and you're going to be 35 years old in September, why are you staying here? Guys, if they keep everything intact, I talked to Bobby Marks again last night. If you are the Nets and you have everything in play, the only moves that they can make from a salary camp standpoint are you've got the taxpayer mid level and you can bring Seth Curry back. Other than that, again, we go back to Simmons. If you can unload Simmons and turn him into some kind of other asset, fine, you know, hey, go for it. But who is lining up right now? to acquire Ben Simmons, and that's where the next part of this all goes. So it would really surprise me if Kevin is here for the long haul, but having covered KD in two different places now, I've learned that he's going to make the decision he thinks is best in the moment, and now everybody waits to see what he has to say.
2: Great stuff. I mean, you're outstanding. I'm really happy that your career has kind of gotten to this level. Keep up the great work, and hopefully it'll be a, a better situation we talk to you soon with, but uh, hopefully it's not too long before we get you on again. Thanks, Nick.
3: Guys, I appreciate it. I listen every
2: morning, so keep rolling, all right? How about that? Nick Fridell, big fan of our show, Rick. How about that?
1: I love it. He's great, man. He really is. Yeah, I told is.
2: you. Told you. He's excellent. I'm telling excellent. you, the,
1: the more the more I think about it and having just you know Nick on and talking about it. This was the plan the entire time, with Kyrie,
2: for Kyrie to demand the, big the, money uh, and then the
1: the entire time, even going back to what he, uh, that how Nick described what it was like when KD went out and him talking about how the team was coming together and we're family and all this stuff that, you know, you would do to try to prove to your coaches and the the front office that you were all in and you were someone that they could they could sign long Before
2: RJ screams at me, you're listening to the DPH on Rothenberg 9870 ESPN WPN FM New York. Okay. Go ahead. Because I know he was going to yell at me if I didn't get that in there before.
1: Well, no. And then behind the scenes the entire time, the Haynes report comes out that his stepmom, who's his agent, is behind the scenes trying to work out an extension. Right. And they don't want to give them the guaranteed money that they want. But they realize that if if that's something that we want, then we can't stay here past the deadline. So if they're not going to give it to us, we got to get out. Regardless of how he's playing, how the team is playing, what their chances to win a championship, throw all out the window. It was about him getting his money, and if they weren't going to give it to him, he was he was going to sit out, or they were going to trade him.
2: That's right, and, and they really had no choice. What what were they supposed to do, rather than than trade him? And you had to trade him because he, you know, this guy, you know that he is going to do what he wants to do. He was not going to play again for the Nets. He would have sat at the rest of the season, or even if he did play, what was the what version of him were you going to get? But I don't think he would have. I think he would have been you know obstinate and just said, forget it. You know what? Trade me, or I am not playing. And I be- I really believe he would have sat out the rest of the year.
1: That's bad news, though, man. That is bad news. The Simmons deal. And now, on top of that, you know, not being able to do enough this off. Like, if they don't get stuff done by Thursday, and again, you go through some of the names, they're not Kyrie level. But listen, I mean, no drama, well coached. Everyone has a certain role. Katie's still a superstar. I still don't think they can get through the East. But this offseason is the bigger problem. If they can't make that move, and sell the plan to KD. Mm-hmm. What makes you think that KD wants to be back?
2: He probably won't be. And you heard Nick say there's, there's no way he'd want to be. You, you know what Kyrie did? He he torched this franchise. Uh, burned it down. He, tor- he torched the franchise.
1: Well, yeah, but even, I mean, to, to the Harden stuff too. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're like forcing their hand to get Harden out because Harden wanted out. And then having to settle for the Ben Simmons deal, which is... You, know, you got your fingers crossed hoping that he can you know, take the, you know. Good luck. Take all the uh, necessary steps to get back to what he was. Oh,
2: a disaster.
0: Thanks for listening to the D.P.H. Rowe, and Rothenberg podcast. Looking for more access to the show? Why? Because you know why. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and, Instagram and Facebook at DR on ESPN. Would
2: you like to take my hand and go around the league with me? I would love it. All right, let's go around the league. It's time to go around the league. Now, some might say, but there's no football. Well, there were no games. There's a big game coming up on Sunday, and there's always football news. If you did not hear, if you are not paying attention, we will bring you up to date on the latest of everything going on in the NFL. Uh, Devontae Adams was asked about Aaron Rodgers' possible ending up in, uh, in Las Vegas and said, quote, I would love that. Josh Jacobs also said he would change the situation in Vegas. Jacobs, of course, a free agent to be. You want to hear from Devontae Adams? Uh, not really, but I guess we'll have to. Let's take a listen.
3: Would I be interested in having Aaron Rodgers throw to me? Yes. Uh, yes, I would. I would love that. The the trolling, you know, I'm first team all trolls, so don't don't take none of that too serious. But uh, I would love to have that. Obviously, that that'd be a dream scenario, one that I've I'm I'm very familiar with. But anything you've seen on Twitter, that's not a tale of anything. That's just that's just wishful thinking and messing around a little bit.
2: Oh, he wants it so bad, though. He's all, I mean, he already has a
1: Taco Bell in his house. I mean, does he? What else does he need? <laughs>
2: His own private Taco Bell.
1: Right. What else does this man need?
2: Yeah, he, he wants the quarterback.
1: No, we need the quarterback. You guys are fine.
2: You're going to be so disheartened if, if he doesn't wind up on the Jets.
1: Well, did you hear the other report? So the report I read was that it's Aaron Rodgers or potentially if that doesn't work out, Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr is not.
2: I did, I did guys see that. Uh and I don't think that's a horrible thing because I don't know that Derek Carr is built for New York. And certainly I, I saw some of his stats in cold weather. He's not good in cold weather. No. No, at he's all. played in,
1: he's played in one playoff game.
2: And he's not good in cold weather at all. But that's listen, Garoppolo's fine. Garoppolo's a nice quarterback. You can win games with Garoppolo. You're you're not you're not winding up in the AFC championship game with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like Garoppolo good. Rogers great you be good. You have the chance to be great. Go get great.
1: Go get great. But I also think, I mean, you've seen Jimmy Garoppolo play in a Super Bowl and in another NFC championship game. So he can do it. But are the pieces around him good enough? And can he stay healthy to do it?
2: Uh, those are big questions. Right. Those are big questions. The Arizona Cardinals have been formed, several head coaching candidates. They're out of the running, sources told ESPN's Jeremy Fowler yesterday, leaving Steelers assistant coach Brian Flores. Ugh. Giants offensive coordinator Mike Kafka and Bengals defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo, Anarumo, however you say his name, as the three known finalists. Arizona defensive coordinator Vance Joseph is among the candidates informed, and as of now, the team has not let him out of his contract to pursue other coordinator opportunities. I, I don't care who it is; I just hope to God it's not Kafka.
1: Could I say something if yeah. I had some? If I had some advice, if Mike Kafka is listening to our show, because you just heard Nick Fidal listens. There's a lot of people that listen to the show. I would tell Mike, listen. You got exactly what you were hoping to achieve in this whole coaching cycle. Tons of interest, and now you're a finalist for an NFL job. Say no. Take your hat out of the ring now. You're a finalist. Yes. You don't want
2: this job. I like how you're thinking. Come back. And Arizona is not exactly the the most plum of landing spots. That's what I'm saying. Right. And if you have another good year with Daniel Jones and a revamped offense, you don't think there will be a lot of teams knocking down your door next year? Well, you'll be at the top of the list next season. Yeah, you would. Young offensive mind. I mean, it's exactly what teams want around the NFL.
1: Well, listen, young offensive mind. So clearly, and he's clearly good at the whole interview process because this is his first real kick at the can, as far as the head coaching cycle is concerned. And he's a finalist for one of these jobs. So other teams see this. Now, everyone wants what someone else has or thinks they thinks they have. So if Arizona wanted him, go back, have another great season with Daniel Jones. You're going to add, you know, all sorts of weapons, and then this next coaching cycle. Get a better job. Don't don't tie yourself into Kyler Murray in that mess.
2: Yeah, I, I would think you could do better. You have one good year and you'll you'll be the the hot name around the league. You don't want to settle for Arizona. Arizona can be a disaster of a situation.
1: Yeah, man. I mean I would want my first job to be a, a really good job, especially when you're getting paid good money. Maybe they up his salary to keep him.
2: Oh, I'm sure they would. I'm sure they would. And it sounds like uh sounds like Schottenheimer's a final uh, not Schottenheimer, um Martindale's a finalist for Indianapolis. No,
1: no, no. There's a number that got hired.
2: Well, not by me. by my team. How Raymond? We'll get there. We'll get that story (laughs) five on my list. (laughs) Tom Brady agreed to a 10-year, $375 million deal with Fox back in May, if you recall. Uh, He's expecting to pursue his broadcasting career in 2023. He will not be a part of the Super Bowl broadcast, which was a big question by many when he announced his retirement last week.
1: Yeah, they can't do that. It'd be a bad look for them. They could have him 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 do something. Yeah, they could have him do something. But, I mean, I think there's a lot of people that like Greg Olson.
2: I think Greg is is excellent.
1: I think he does a good job. And it would be, listen, I mean, the guy's earned the right to do. He's had a really good season. And everyone knows he's out next season. Like, let him have the Super Bowl and let Tom enjoy retirement for a second.
2: It kind of sucks, doesn't it, if you're Greg Olson. You're, you're, You're on the number one team. Everyone thinks you do a really good job. You do, in fact, do a really good job. You're getting the Super Bowl, and the next year you'll be on the number two team.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, I think you've already you've already shown people how good you can be and that people actually like you, which is the most important thing. So if there is another you no know, number one seat job that opens up, he'll be at the top of the list.
2: Um, according to various reports, star wideout T. Higgins could be traded for a top draft pick if the Bengals cannot reach an extension with him. It's been reported the money he's asking for is, quote, outrageous. Higgins is entering the final year of his rookie deal and went over 1,000 yards in back-to-back seasons. All right, so let me give you a scenario. 25th pick, pay the man his money for T. Higgins. Would you do it if you're the Giants? Um, well... Here's
1: the thing. I mean, you're talking about if he's saying it's ast- if they're saying it's astronomical. That means he wants top of the market money. Outrageous. So Tyree Kill makes on average thirty million bucks a year.
2: No, you can't do that.
1: So you just answered your own question. Then.
2: Well, yeah, I think that's obvious. I can't. I can't pay T. Higgins, who I think is good. But here's the thing. I'd say as well: Are the Giants one piece away from big things?
1: No, but I would also say too: Has has T. Higgins really? I mean, he's great. Don't get me wrong. But he has he shown you. Or has he had the ability to show you that he is a legitimate number one wide receiver yet?
2: Uh, I, I don't think so. You know what I'd like, like to do? Maybe RJ could quickly do this exercise because Jamar Chase has missed some time. What T. Higgins did in those games that Jamar Chase was out. Like Chase missed, what, three or four or five games this year with the hip injury. What, what were Higgins' numbers this season when, when he was in fact out?
1: Well, that's easy to do. Just tell me the weeks that Jamar Chase well, I don't, missed. Well, I don't have
2: that. In it. Well, first of all, I'm trying to do a show live here. You know, I can't just A sit multi-task. here multitask,
1: all right? Multitask. And so,
2: and so quickly tell you exactly what weeks he missed and then pay attention to the show because I know what would happen with you guys. You go after me.
1: So, guys, someone tell me which weeks and I'll tell you which...
2: Well, RJ's going to look it up. You focus with me. Keep your eyes on me.
1: Okay, but that would be the thing I would say to him is that he hasn't had the chance yet. And it's not his fault they drafted Jamar Chase, but Jamar Chase on that team is their number one option. Like, when they paid Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill already established himself as the number one guy. Devontae Adams established himself as the go-to number one guy yes right so i mean it, it would be it would be a little bit of a risk to pay him i'm, to I, I'm not him all doing it
2: uh, you need too much i mean listen i love t higgins i'd love to get him i can't outrageous money is not something that sounds all that enticing to me as a giants fan because again the they're not a piece away they are new they need help everywhere at receiver offensive line linebacker Secondary. So now I'm going to say to all those other options, no, I'm not going to go after you because I, I'm going to get T. Higgins. If the Buffalo Bills were very close, very close, and Stephon Diggs almost put them over the top, the Giants are not there. They're not that close where T. Higgins puts them over the top.
1: No, but I think you put a, I think you put a. I think you put a value, whatever that value is for you as a team, on what a receiver like that could do for your quarterback. How much better your quarterback could be? Because you saw how much better Jalen Hurts is with A.J. Brown and how much better Tool is with Tyreek Hill. Right? Like, that's, I mean, that's why these teams don't. I think out.
2: he'd make it better, but here's the question Would you rather have, I, and I, I mean, listen, you go quickly, it translates quickly from college to the NFL level and play in, in, at the next level, right? Would you rather have a guy who you control for, for five years, who you're paying very little money to? Who's unknown, but it translates quickly, or would you rather have T. Higgins?
1: No, I think I for the amount of money he's asking for. I would I would probably say well, I would take my chances with the draft.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. RJ, because he's such a professional, has broken down the numbers with no Jamar Chase. What are the T. Higgins numbers with no Jamar Chase, RJ? All
0: right. So he missed a four game stretch, he being Jamar Chase. From Halloween, basically, missed November. In those four games for T. Higgins, 26 catches, 371 yards, and two touchdowns.
1: That's good. He had a couple big games. Game at Pitt, he went for 9 and 148. Game at Tennessee, he went for 7 and 114 and a touchdown.
2: So that's good. Good numbers. Listen, you could do a lot worse than adding T. Higgins. I don't know if adding him at $25 million a year is money appropriately spent.
1: No, but I also think, too, here's the other thing I would say to that, too, is that when you spend that amount of money on a wide receiver, like, A.J. Brown is awesome, but he also benefits for having Devontae Smith. Tyreek Hill is awesome. He also benefits by having Jalen Waddell. Like, is T. Higgins and who? Wandale Robinson?
2: Uh, Yeah. That Robinson or Isaiah Hodgins, or they'll probably draft another receiver. That's, yes. not, De-
1: that's not Devontae Smith or Certainly not. Jalen Certainly not.
2: You could also look at, at A.J. Brown as the finishing piece to a great team, right?
1: Yeah, but I think it's also the piece to try to get the most out of your quarterback. So if you're paying Daniel Jones $33 bucks a year, you want him to be playing at a high level.
2: Of course, but isn't there more than one way to get a lot out of Daniel Jones, would be my, my point. Uh
1: yeah, but I think it would help to have. I mean, maybe this is the year. to Maybe what you're saying is this is not the year to do it. You find a really good receiver in the draft, and then maybe it's more palatable, you know, next off season to I mean,
2: do it. I don't know that this is the answer either. But do you go Beckham and and draft 25 a receiver? Like now, all of a sudden, it's, it looks a lot different from uh, from last year to this year.
1: Yeah, I think it depends on what Beckham's looking for
2: too, though. I, I agree, but I'm just saying I don't think it's T. Higgins or bust. I think there are different options. Well, because
1: T. Higgins is going to be it's going to be draft. It, you're going to have to give up draft picks, and you're going to have to pay him a of money.
2: Yeah, so that's a lot. Uh, Brian Schottenheimer, uh, Raymond, this is for you. Uh, is the new OC of the Cowboys? News comes a week after uh, Kellen Moore and the Cowboys agreed to part ways after four years. Cowboys finally uh, and initially hired Schottenheimer 49 as a consultant. Before last season Before that he worked as the Jaguars uh, Passing game coordinator under Urban Meyer Did a great job there in 2021 uh, Previous has worked for the Seahawks, Colts And the Jets, among other stops Earlier this month, owner and GM Jerry Jones Announced that Mike McCarthy would take over Play calling duties Next season Ooh. Yay Ooh. That has to move the that. needle for you
1: though Raymond No, 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 no. L- literally
2: it's, it's the most Uninspiring, unimaginative thing they could have done <laughs> Really? <so>. Oh yeah <laughs> Brian Schottenheimer, yeah, let's get excited about but it, him. Uh, honestly, it's, it, it's all on Mike McCarthy. Yeah, it's exa- not, exa- gonna, exactly. It's all it, it, on, it on Schottenheimer's shoulders. He's not going to be calling the plays. I mean, he will have to design the offense, but like the key thing is, you said, McCarthy's going to call the plays now, and he struggles with managing the game without having to deal with that. So should be fun. It should be great. Did you see Raymond's tweet uh, upon the news yesterday, Rick? I see all Raymond's tweets. Uh, I believe it was a three word tweet which said, Kill me now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm I'm watching the old ground and pound Jets highlights to get myself excited. Get yourself fired
2: up, buddy. Come on, let's I mean, go. That, that's what you want—an old, worn down Ezekiel Elliott getting the ball on first and second down. I mean, that's kind of what was happening anyway. So whatever, but yeah. You don't sound so happy. No, this no. the gap between the Eagles. Oh yeah, the, 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 this is the all-in that Jerry Jones is talking about. Oh, this is the all-in. Well, good for him. I think this will get it. Done. He likes to be in the middle. Yeah. Uh, all right, and there you have it. That's around the league. Wow, well done. That was nice. That was really nice. How'd you do with no football this weekend?
1: Uh, I, watched the, I watched a lot of the Pro Bowl stuff. but Did, not, I, uh, I,
2: I watched a few minutes. It was very difficult to watch.
1: I like that Peyton Manning was that pissed off that he lost. He I was that upset, that. huh? Makes me happy.
2: Eli so he's, got the win.
1: competitive, yeah. But he's calling for penalties at the end. I mean, Derek Carr made a couple throws where Peyton was like, oh my, what is this guy doing? Yeah, I don't know. They're trying to reimagine it.
0: I Listen, mean, I, I
2: appreciate their creativity. I didn't. It, I and I watched a few minutes of it, and it's fine. I'd tell you what would terrify me is that one of my star players just tears a knee doing one of these ridiculous things.
1: Right, like that's the risk that you run. But I, yeah, the other thing, though, too, is that people want to see. Like I think people enjoy watching guys get excited and having a good time because every person thinks that if I was in that spot, I'd be having the time of my life. So they they're drawn to you know, guys that are showing you that they're having a great time, but they also want to see the best players. And, like, when – and no offense to Tyler Huntley, but, I mean, Tyler Huntley's at the Pro Bowl. Like, I mean, there's – like, they want to see the best. They want to see the league's best at that event, and that was – The, the, the truth the is, best.
2: they should not be having a Pro Bowl.
1: And then Tyreek Hill got depleted, which was awesome.
2: What, the one by Jalen Ramsey? <laughs> yeah. That was a big hit, huh? <laughs> it
1: was a big hit. It's nice having Sauce in there and C.J. Mosley. Like it was, it was whatever. But yeah, it's just that the uh, football's not not it does not lend itself well to having a an all star kind of. It, it
2: doesn't. Game. But why why do they force it so much? Because
1: it makes it still gets good ratings. Watch the rating on it.
2: I know the ratings will be great. They postponed the or, or pushed the Knicks game back.
1: Right. You imagine so, that? No, and, and then they started it, and it was on ESPN News.
2: It tipped off on ESPN News. the The Knicks' national game against the Sixers, a regular season vital game in the NBA, got kicked to ESPN News because the Pro Bowl ran a little bit, little bit long. Right. I mean, what more do you need to know about this league? It's the king. <laughs> it, it, it really is the king. How'd you do with no legitimate football this weekend? Uh, I struggled. Yeah, it was tough. And there was, by the way, and uh, not to be disrespectful to the Pro Bowl or anything else. Yesterday was a rough sports day. Like there was uh, nothing. There was nothing on.
1: No, not really. Like I was like I was excited for like I spent the whole day getting myself worked up for the Knicks game. I was like, I can't wait for the Knicks game to start. Let's see if they can bounce back. But yeah, I watched a little uh Yukon women's basketball. <laughs> okay. Oh, you would have hated that. Did you watch any of that?
2: No. What, why would I have hated the Yukon women's game?
1: Well, Gino lost his mind for a second. He walked right on the court, but Don Staley had the uh, Philadelphia Eagles sweatshirt on coaching. Oh, the game.
2: Well she coaches what? Uh, South Carolina, yeah, that's correct. And they're undefeated, aren't they? They're like the juggernaut now of college basketball. She had the Reggie White jersey on, didn't she? she had,
1: all I saw was the front. The front was the Eagles sweatshirt. Yeah, <sighs> <sighs> I
2: don't about that. You're right. I would I would have hated that. <laughs> I mean, I Jalen Brunson rooting for the uh, for the Eagles. But here's the thing: I will say, like, they come by it honestly. They're I mean, she she's from Philadelphia. He he grew up in Jersey. He went to Villanova. Like, I kind of understand why they root for the Eagles. Yeah, that's I'll, fine. I'll I don't like it.
1: No, right. Like, I didn't say you had to, like, I'm sure you have respect for
2: it, but it doesn't mean you like it. No, I don't like it one bit.
0: Right. It's gross. Thanks for listening to the D.P. and Rowan Rothenberg podcast. Listen live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 a.m. on 98.7 ESPN in New York, the ESPN New York app, or on your smart speaker by asking it to play 98.7 ESPN.